Thanks for joining the SoarCast, where we talk about drones, manned aircraft, and satellites, and how they relate to geospatial products found on the SOAR platform. Okay, well, good day, everyone, and it's really good to join you for today's SoarCast. And uh, today I'm um, with Rich Charpentier of RLC Design, and I'm sure you can guess where the RLC and that name comes from. Uh, Rich has an interesting story. He uh, does quite a few things um, in terms of graphic design, and really drones are supporting um, what he's doing. So he's, he's uh, if I was to ask him, uh, what's the one thing you do? He wouldn't uh, have an answer for that because it seems like he does a lot of things and you know, drones complement that. So uh, without much more of that, Rich, it's really good to have you today. Thanks for having me on. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, just a little bit also to let people know, um, I don't know, I like to tell people how I, how I came across somebody and how we, we started um, you know, the SoarCast. You are a YouTuber. Uh, how many subscribers does your channel have? Uh, over 3,100 now, so and growing very slowly, but I didn't expect that many anyways. So. Mm. And how, how long has that been uh, kicking on for? Um, I started the, well, I started the YouTube channel for doing drone stuff, um, let me see, end of 2017. Um, mm -hmm. I think September, October, I registered azdrone.net and started building. Wanted to do some regular podcasting as I was growing into the drone business. I thought I'd share that with other people who were doing the same thing. Hmm. Okay, um, but I was alluding a little bit to uh, I don't know your other life and um, yeah. Well, no, I I did do I was doing some YouTube stuff on full time Airstream living. So back in two thousand and six, I hit the road with a twenty five foot Airstream. You know those big silver Twinkies. And um, I was actually doing YouTube videos before there were YouTube videos. Uh, as I was traveling the country, I wanted my family to know I was okay and where I was. And so in my Nissan Titan, I actually strapped a, um, a little uh, Canon Digital Elf that I think shot at like 320. And um, that thing bounced around. And so it had me going through Colorado, uh, Nevada, New Mexico, Arizona. Uh, it was all over the place and I was popping these things up on my uh, blog. And um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't stick with that enough because I was just showing friends and family, but there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of Airstreamers and full-time RVers out there now making a living off of YouTube. So, so I, I missed the boat just a bit. <laughs> yeah. No, that, but that's quite interesting. I, um, I, you know, just last night, um, going through the the sort of the suggested videos, and since I've watched you a little bit before, um, mm -hmm. I found a video. I don't know the date, but I, I'm with. It was well before you were sort of into the drone space. And yeah. It was about um, solar on top of a airstream. Oh, but yeah. No, I've we've got solar on the airstream. You can. Um, a couple of years ago, we went out to Yuma, Arizona. Uh, there are places called long-term visitor areas. So the Bureau of Land Management allows people to just go out and dry camp. And um, we stayed there for over a month and a half running fully off the solar. And I had a portable hotspot on my Verizon. I could still do my job from the middle of the desert. So wow. That was awesome. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's a good thing to um, I don't know, to even even in this these times. So 
um, you know, we're all working mobily or from home or, or in the case from a, um, a caravan as they call them down under. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, I don't think we quite got into there, but you come from a background of, um, I believe it's telecommunications and you've also got, uh, skills and, and, and part of your daily, I guess, bread and butter is, is, um, website design and, and, and those types of things. But, uh, how did that all lead into drones? Oh, so, <laughs> well, way back when in the early 90s, before the internet was the internet, I was a grad student doing a thesis on the economics of digital networks. And um, as I was finishing my master's thesis, I took a look around and I said, economics is boring compared to uh, network engineering. So uh, I built the first website for the economics department at University of New Hampshire. Um, and then I decided to go sell myself for doing network stuff, ended up getting in with Sprint PCS. I was, um, their network admin on a contract. It was great money compared to being a grad student. And, um, after I finished the contract, the network design manager asked me if I wanted a job. So they started teaching me uh, digital PCS. So when those first digital cell phones were coming out, I was one of the guys building the switches. It was, it was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, so, you know, communications and networking, those were the things I was really interested in. And getting to the drones was uh, before before I hit the road in 2006. 2005 was a miserable year. I got sick. So um, the illness took about a year to diagnose. And when we finally figured out everything that was going on, I was like, okay, I'm allergic to the world. So I asked one of the physicians, I said, hey, do you think I could manage my environment better in a tiny little 25 foot airstream? <laughs> and um, so he kind of got a kick out of that and he was like, yeah, you probably could. So that's, uh, that's what led up to hitching up and hitting the road. And, you know, as I started doing my travels, I was like, what can we do for, um, for income out here? So I would have stayed in telecom you know, and, and continued that. But it's really hard to go into a uh, meeting room with people who've brought in, um, you know, donuts and peanut butter sandwiches and things, uh, stuff that I'm allergic to that can send me into anaphylactic shock and lead to um, not breathing. Uh, so, so I started having to craft, you know, my own business around how, um, how that health issue worked. So, because so, I've had people say, you know, you could go back in with groups. And I'm like, one walk into a lunchroom could be really devastating. So, and we actually had a client in 2014, um, a farm client um, who was using sesame oil. Um, I can't remember if it was an antifungal or anti-bugs. Um, I breathed in the sesame oil for under a minute and that was an ER visit. So, so you know. Crafting the own business was uh, was necessary, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that um, what I wanted to. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to allude to that a little bit because yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you do have a uh, you yourself are uh, or even before the current pandemic, um, mm-hmm. you know, had to take precautions, and so I actually it's probably a good a good time to even explore that. So. In this space where you're at, you're um, you know working remotely, doing uh, design and um, those types of things for for clients. But obviously, you're going out and you're acquiring information. Maybe you mm-hmm. can tell us um, it's two part. 
what what is the what is the typical I guess drone work that you're doing, and um, and 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 how does that work in the current uh, climate? So normally right now I've been doing a lot more of um, drone construction progression reporting. So showing build outs from start to finish, um, which is really interesting uh, and a lot of fun, especially seeing the projects through to the end. Um, one of the things since, you know, I can go fly client sites uh, when I want to, they do have needs, they do have requests of, we want things created at certain times, we want things shared with us at certain times. That's, that's a pretty easy one to work with since I can do my own schedule. But one of the things that I like to do with a lot of these construction sites is fly usually on Sundays or weekends when they're not um, heavily populated with construction workers, with folks going in and out of the building. You know, here in the US, we have, um, you know, no flying over people. Um, so you ha have to have waivers and things for that. And those waivers don't come out very easily. Um, so choosing the weekends to do this work and notifying if we do have some small crews there, um, letting them know in advance that we'll be flying, where we'll be flying, um, it works out really easy. So for me, I'm usually going to pretty vacant job sites right now. And even before what's been going on with COVID-19, um, I was still going to empty job sites because the last thing I want is 40 or 50 guys out on the, um, on the construction location. I don't need them in the progression reports. <laughs> so what, um, what my clients want to see is the clean open area and what's changing with their construction. So this hasn't changed much for me um, as far as when we're doing the flights and how we're doing the flights. Uh, what has changed is meeting with clients, talking to the clients. Um, the other week I went out and met a client in a parking lot. I felt like, oh, you know, what are we doing? A drug deal out here? Uh, you know, hiding out next to your cars and keeping a distance from each other. But um, it was a potential new customer who is a customer now. Um, we had a conversation and we said, hey, let's just go meet up over here. It's convenient to both of us. So we had our conversation, got to talk to him about what he was looking to do with the progression report, um, came to an agreement. But, you know, it was this parking lot agreement. Everything else was done in email. And actually, a lot of my clients are remote. They're not where I'm working, uh, which is one of the benefits of doing the drone flight and the construction progression for these folks. Um, when you have investment bankers who are out of state and they want status updates on a project, what are they going to do? Are they going to fly out from New York, um, do a four to five hour round trip up to the job site, fly back? That's a lot of wasted. Um, that's a lot of wasted cash when drone pilots can do this for them and, you know, have information prepped for them, have progression reports prepped for them they don't have to leave where they are um, and they can still get next to real-time views of what's happening on the sites. Okay. So I, I, um, I, you know, this is part of the the business that I don't have. Um, I don't have a lot of uh, exposure to, but um, mm -hmm. uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit how that works. Like I envisioned that you're um, tell us, you know, sort of the, the, the material, the, I don't know, the process, what, how you're capturing imagery, uh, what yeah. you're doing with that imagery. And I think the other thing that that is important to to sort of share is um, how does the client you know want want, want to see this data? Um, what's wh when they say yeah we're going to use it this way? 
Um, yep. You know, how do you how do you give it to them? So ABC, uh, what are you acquiring? What do you do with it? And then how does the client get it? Well, the first thing, so what are we acquiring? Uh, you know, about 75% of the people that get in touch with me actually don't know what they want. Um, they've been asked by a superior in their group or by third parties like investment bankers or venture capitalists that they want to be able to track these projects. They want to see that the companies are on time and they want to see the changes without having to come out here. So one of the first things that I have to do when I get these calls and I get these emails is I have to do customer education. Um, so I actually walk through with the clients. Here are the things that are possible because I got one call that was, we need time-lapse video of a construction site. And I said, well, would you like some still photos from specific locations as well to show off the changes? Would you like ortho mosaics that we can show you week to week or month to month um, as far as the overall site changes? And usually I spend a lot of time educating these people first. So oftentimes I'll actually go out and I'll do a demo flight for them once they've given me their construction location. And I'll include a couple of things and things that they didn't even ask for because they didn't know they could ask for that. So um, when I usually have a conversation with someone, I, I say, I'd like to have the address uh, because number one, FAA, if it is restricted airspace, I need a waiver to get around that. So I have a couple of upfront questions with them. And then I also ask them, would you let me visit the site? Once I get a site visit in, I can do a little prep work. I can send them a couple of samples of what the video time-lapse would be, still photography time-lapse, um, time-lapse ortho mosaics. And then I put it into a presentation on a custom web page for them. So it's easy viewing because not everyone you're working with is the, the engineers, the architects. Some of the people are office staff and they don't know what they're looking at, but they're gonna be handing it off to their boss afterwards. So we like to make it as easy as possible for them to actually see the results quickly and simply. Then we also provide them all the data as well. So if they want to go deeper down the rabbit hole, if they've got an architect who wants to do some 3D modeling, we hand that off to them. We can do it for them too, but that's their data. They're paying me to collect the data for them. I think yeah, I, I, I like your style, uh, Rich. I mean, uh, I think uh, a lot of people who are in, say, the business, I, I know I ran a, a business on my own, wasn't drones, but um, when you're starting out or when you're even when you're doing something new and you're kind of trying to sell somebody on the idea that the temptation is to go, well, I'll give them a good price, um, which, you know, may not uh, work out in the end. Yeah. But I, I like I like the the the, the aspect of going out um, and by doing what you're doing the demo you're actually building value into the the product so you can charge a a more reasonable rate that uh, yeah. works out best for you and so um, one of think, uh, you know, one of the awesome things with uh one of my favorite clients when we first started out they just asked for video and i so i gave them a presentation of a couple other things i gave them those still images I did some 360s of the property that I could replicate and everything that I do, I make sure that I can replicate. So there's a lot of automation. Um, so I gave them the 360s. I did a simple ortho mosaic and then I went back the next day and did a second ortho mosaic so I could show them a before and after, just a quick little what changed in a day. Um, they weren't interested in the 360s, but suddenly they went from just, we want video to we want video stills and we want that two dimensional model. And that was the most important thing to them afterward. So they called me up for video 
And all they all wanted to see afterward was just show us that 2D ortho. We want to see the big, broad changes in one spot. And I get that back from a lot of people now. They didn't even know they wanted it. And once you showed it to them, the other things they wanted become less important. <laughs> so, so you talk them out of one thing, but you talk them into another one. Um, the, okay. Yeah. So, um, let me, oh, I think, yeah, the next thing that I was, um, also interested in is, is, um, you know, when, when you compare, uh, say YouTubers and their, their audience, some, like you said, are, are full time and they're doing things that have mass appeal. Um, mm -hmm. whereas kind of where your, your space is, 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 um, uniquely drone focused and sort of the more technical stuff, um, that you might do. So it's interesting when you shared that um, people have actually reached out to you at your, your style is, is very informative, um, you know, walking people through it. And, and so people have reached out to you. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what happens sort of outside of YouTube. You, you're doing um, it's, it's training, it's paid training as well. People can mm -hmm. engage with that. And so maybe you can just tell us how that works and the type of stuff you're talking about in that channel. Well, actually, I'll tell you what. So um, I've been on the computer all day because I was editing two <laughs> two video tutorials this morning. Um, I'm putting together a, a whole new class right now um, on drone construction progression reporting. Is I'm getting a lot of questions from drone pilots because, you know, as I'm saying this to you, I, I'm sure half your audience is going, "What's drone construction progression reporting?" Yeah, that's it's a crazy name. It's uh, we're doing time lapses of job sites. So we're, we're showing off, you know, that hospital being built or that new apartment complex being built. And, um, you know, everyone's coming up with all these fancy names for things like deliver, you know, what are the drone deliverables? So what's that mean? That's, that's the end product that you're giving somebody. Um, so we're going out and we're doing time lapses with photography, with video, with models. And um, then we're finding ways to hand these over to the clients. If you run around and look at a lot of the drone training groups, no slight on anybody because everyone's kind of got their own style, but there's no uniform, you know, here's a piece of paper and these are the things that you do um, to hand off to a construction company. A lot of these companies, like I said, they don't even know what they want. There's more and more drone pilots working construction sites doing this kind of progression work, but we're all giving them different things. Um, I decided early on when we started getting more construction clients, I needed to make it really simple, really easy, and incredibly visual for them. So I decided to start making private web pages for them where they can watch their video, where they can see the still time-lapse progressions, where they can see before and afters of their ortho mosaics or other models. I've got another client that I'm doing 3D models for every two weeks because uh, he wants to see the changes in the ranch project he's doing. So the classes and the instruction I've been starting to do, I get a lot of questions from other drone pilots who like what I've been showing them and who ask me, can I use that? Can I do that? Can you sell me a template? And it's like, there's so many different web builders out there. You know, I could make a template for WordPress, but then you've got all these other builders out there. So I'm now showing them in the newest class that I'm doing the process that I go through. So starting point of collecting the data, doing the filming, using the apps, compiling it all when you get back to the office, and then finally delivering it. I think what a lot of people fail to realize 
when you're getting into the drone business, it's not just flying the drone. You need to be a video editor. You need to be a photo editor. You need to have some IT background. You need to be a web designer. There's a, there's a lot of check boxes to tick off if you want to do a full package for, for clients like these. So just grabbing the drone, is not going to be enough. You're going to immerse yourself in a lot of video editing. That, that, that's a good point. Um, I mean, if you think about it, when, um, let's say you, you go out and you create an orth mosaic and whether you use one or, or three, you know, batteries, uh, you come out with a couple hundred images. Um, but as you know, flight time, flying a, a drone and only using 30 or, you know, 70% of the battery might be 15 minutes per flight. Um, anyways, you could, you could turn out those three or four flights inside of, you know, if everything's set up, you know, inside of a, mm -hmm. just a few hours. Um, but I'm looking for a, 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 a ratio. So, you know, for 30, let's say for an hour of, of drone flying back, back office, what yep. does that translate into? Yeah. So that hour of drone flying. So, uh, one of my customers is a great example. So they're, they're a pretty simple, straightforward site. We have four video flights for them. So four pre-programmed video flights, we have one set of still photos that gets updated every month and then, um, you know, time lapse together. And then we have that ortho mosaic. Um, when I get back from the field, I run the ortho first. Uh, there's several hundred images in that. Um, even using MetaShape at lower quality settings, my uh, iMac is locked up for a couple hours processing that for me. So I come back in and check each of the steps in the batch process, but basically the computer is unusable for a few hours. Um, then I get into their video editing. So I'm matching up last month's video with this month's video and overlaying them on each other. So, you know, July, August, July, August. Um, so it's a three minute flight video and that's it. You know, even with the templates that I've got set up, I can put a good hour in there. Um, and then also then matching up the photos. Um, the flight is probably one quarter of my overall time on that project for each flight that I'm doing for him. So, so the bigger parts, the video editing afterward, the orthos afterward, and don't forget if you screw something up in the field, you're going back the next day to get it right. So, mm. so, um, you know, as I started doing these, I had a couple where I had to go back, refly some things. But now I've gotten it down to such a just regular workflow. And, you know, as we were saying with the classes before, that's that's the big questions I'm getting from people. What is my workflow? How do I plan this out? Um, and they're just talking about the flights and they haven't even thought about all the back office stuff afterward. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just took down a few few notes and maybe you can speak to some of these points. I know we're kind of mm -hmm. um, going back and forth, but I, I, I think it's. The, the main focus is, is that we're, we're bringing um, value using drones back to mm -hmm. construction and, and things. So some of the things that I, I noted are in construction probably would be used, obviously, for planning. Um, you know, if things aren't going to plan um, resourcing, they would know, um, you know, uh, we're low on these supplies or, or let's plan ahead. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I thought about was um, even like a you, you have general contractors, the the managing contractor and then all of the the subs, which, you know, come and come and go. So they need to, um, you know, I, I imagine drones give them a, 
like, you know, it's just a, a quick QC to see, hey, has this work been done? Yeah. Has um, I, So it, it, it seems like if you, um, those all work, have you, has, has any of your work, um, and kind of just out of curiosity, has that ever been, uh, have you ever been deposed? Have you ever had to step into that uh, arbitration space uh, no, to give no. data? Okay, yeah. No, not um, yet. Um, I, I have been on a couple of projects that have gone on much longer than they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but with them seeing uh, what was going on on the site and also knowing the weather that was happening and other issues that were happening, um, and actually help provide answers from the general contractor to their their outside third parties who are interested. So they could actually show part of what the stoppages were, like the unusually insane winter that we had here in Arizona this past year. Mm. Um, we had a lot of snows, like being back in New England. So we saw several weeks of those, the, the workers were not on site, and there's a great reason why. So, you know, it's, uh, it's that act of nature thing, but so yeah, no, nobody has asked yet. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully no time soon. Yeah. Um, but, I, but it's all, it's all data, I suppose. Um, yeah. you know, you're, you could just hand it off and let them take care of it. Um, let everybody who's listening probably wonders, um, what's your standard, um, kit, what, what tools are you, what drones are you using in the field? So I'm, uh, I've got Mavics, so I've got Mavic Pro, Mavic 2 Pro. Um, my original first was the first Phantom um, back in 2014. So I still have it. Um, I would like to get a Phantom 4 Pro, but as we said earlier, with me traveling and being in the Airstream previously, I'm now out of the Airstream, but I still use it. Um, having a Phantom 4 Pro and a 25 by 8 RV, um, that takes a lot of space, so I went with the uh, I went with the Mavics, and um, they're actually fantastic for the progression reporting. Um, you can do mapping and modeling with them, but I wouldn't call them the best tool for doing that. If you really, if you're going to start getting into three dimensional models where people are looking to take measurements and survey uh, grade quality things, that Phantom Four Pro is the thing that you want. Um, but I'm seeing, you know, like I said, I'm seeing more and more people wanting the progression stuff. And I'm not having people ask about uh, a lot of modeling other than orthos, and they they do like the orthos. So, but um, the the Mavics are fantastic for for what I'm doing with the business right now. Yeah, and I suppose that's that's you, you've sort of switched on the the light bulb for me in that um, each drone has has a has an application. So you might have a, a drone that's uh, linked up with your surveying. Uh, GPS and and you're able to um, you know presi- provide that survey quality uh, positional information for for the models and for people making the uh, measurements off that. But in but in mm-hmm. your case, it's more of these clients are using the the images purely uh, visually. They're you know they're they're making assessments on on what's visual, mm-hmm. and um, in a way, it, it, uh, if if it's fair to say, they're using them more to to tell a story and to convey a story that they are. Um, I don't know, making a measurement and, and planning off that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, um, we uh, we've we've been going on about uh, all these things that you're doing, and and like I said, we we like to keep it um, you know within within a time yeah. frame. And it's been it's been quite interesting that I think this is something that um, you know 
while you do come from a, a, a technical background and, and um, you know, you're able to supplement the things you're doing with drones, I think the, the thing that take away from me is that um, the resources are there. Uh, for example, like, you know, um, I, I know I've learned a lot uh, through things like YouTube, but even if you want a little bit more custom um, or specific, you know, training, they can go through um, routes like Udemy, um, which which is, I believe, where you're providing your training. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, go through Udemy, LinkedIn, Teachable. There's so many mm -hmm. awesome platforms now. So because I've been thinking maybe switch platforms myself, and mm -hmm. some people actually do their own hosting. Um, uh, another, I don't know if you've followed GM6 at all on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, I like his modeling information, and he's launched a whole new thing this year as well. So, um, you know, I've been using Udemy, um, and there's a lot of good content there. I've, I've taken classes on Udemy and, and lynda.com, that's now, I guess, affiliated with uh, LinkedIn as well. Um, so, you know, there are fantastic resources. And before I was doing the drone stuff, I was a, a Lynda customer um, years ago doing refreshers on database design because I did a lot of database work in telecom. So, and I just had to remind myself. So I went over to lynda.com, saw that they had several, uh, several classes signed up and I said, oh yeah, now I remember that. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. I, th I think that's really good, good advice. And, and so I think the point we're making here is that um, you're not out in the, in the, in the cold, so to speak, you know, the resources are there and you can find them to, um, I don't know, you know, not just feel like you're flying blind. And, yeah. and so, um, you know, to use a pun in this space, but uh, hey, Rich, it's been great. It's been great having yeah. you and, and thanks for being part of the SORCast. Yeah, I hope I, I hope this was helpful for you guys and I didn't ramble too much. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Okay. Cheers, Rich. Alrighty. And that's all we have time for today. Tune in to our next SOARcast for more discussion on geospatial products found on SOAR.